Well, today we're going to celebrate, or we are celebrating, uh, the Advent theme of peace. And I hear it everywhere. I hear the words peace, peace, peace all over. And in that song that we sang, the hymn that we sung at the beginning, there's that peace in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease and fill the world with heaven's peace. Isn't that really what we want? Don't we want envy, strife, and quarrels to cease so that God can fill the world with his peace? It's the only peace that works. None other peace works. So read with me this morning as I read from uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, 6 through 7. I'm going to read from the NIV this morning. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and the peace, there will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal of God. Pray with me. Prince of peace, Holy Spirit, fall on this place today and teach us Train us. We open up our hearts. We open up our minds to your word today. So speak, Lord. It's in your name, the only name we pray. And we everybody said together, amen. Well, as I've already said, um, today is the second Sunday of Advent. The theme is peace. And it's a great time to reflect on what peace is and how it relates to our lives, but in the context of Jesus Christ. See, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would come 700 years before it happened. That always blew me away. My whole life as I thought about this, here you have this prophet, 700 years ahead of time, nails it. He nails it. He prophesied that Jesus was going to come. He gave the coming Messiah two, or excuse me, four Two word, very descriptive names that mean so much to you and I. Those names completely embodied not only his entire 33 years ministry here, but those names embody him through his reign in eternity. And I'm going to touch on all of them, but I'm going to focus on one. So first is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful was the first of the four names Isaiah prophesied. The Hebrew word for wonderful, it means miraculous. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe in a miraculous God? You've got to. There's no other. He's miraculous. That means Jesus is miraculous. He's a miraculous counselor. He's unlike any counselor that the earth can provide. He can do what nobody else can do. He can do what nobody else can think. Even what nobody else can imagine. He can and he does do the miraculous. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Two, mighty God. We sing this in so many of our hymns and songs of the church. We sing this, mighty God. You are a mighty God. His name is mighty God because, again, there is none like him. 
And in Luke 149, it declares, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and his name is holy. Jesus Christ, mighty in his humanity, mighty in his deity, even as a baby, he came on the scene and he changed the course of human history forever. His birth affected everyone and everything, kings, kingdoms, shepherds, angels, men, animals, all creation was affected by this baby king. Nothing has been the same since he came on the scene. You know, think about your life. Think about what's going on in your heart. Have you been the same? Those of you who know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, have you ever been the same? Now, granted, it might not have all been roses the whole way, right? We all know that. But have you ever been the same? No way. No way. Because our God is a mighty God. He can do whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. Mighty God. The third one, everlasting father. Jesus is the everlasting father. He cares for us. He protects for us. He provides for his children. He did it here on earth and he's still doing it today. You know, every year that I get a little bit older, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, God, you got to get me through the day today. Jesus, I'm turning this day over to you because I just can't do it alone anymore. And I don't even want to try. Take it, consecrate it, make it yours. He cares, he protects, he provides for his children. That's you and I, we're his children. He's still changing lives. And it's really in that vision of an everlasting father is where I like to dwell. This father who's always with me, he'll never leave me. He's guiding me. And last, fourth, the one we're going to dwell on for a moment or two. The Prince of Peace. Did you come here this morning looking for the Prince of Peace? It's a great question to ask when we come to worship. Are we coming to seek the Prince of Peace? Or are we coming, and and don't take this wrong, because we have a job to do this morning? We get carried away with that. I do all the time. I got to get there. I got to work today. Do we come here uh, just out of habit because we might think it's the right thing to do? Or are we seekers? Do we come seeking peace and God's will in our lives? And we do it corporately in worship together as we sing, as we pray, as we mingle. We seek God together. And I don't know anybody who doesn't want peace. I don't think anybody comes here ready to rage war. I think we come, bottom line, we want the peace of God. Jesus came to earth to offer the ultimate peace, a kind of peace that's different from the world's view of peace, the shalom peace. He came into the world as shalom, the prince of peace, which means the embodiment of peace itself. And I want to take a moment and examine what peace is in the light of scripture. The word peace is really common in the Bible. It translates the Hebrew shalom to the Hebrew word shalom over 200 times in the Old Testament and nearly 100 times in the New Testament. The Hebrew idea of peace, it's an overwhelming feeling of well-being, 
often in relationship between God and his people. So we have an overwhelming sense of peace and well-being as we experience relationship with God and his people. Not just God, but God and his people, the whole peace. We find that shalom. We find that peace that God wants. It's interesting that the English translation, the word peace tends to mean something like the lack of war and conflict. And while the English translation is included in the biblical concept, I guess, of shalom, it's only part of what God promises us and promised his people in the days before the birth of Christ. The, 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 the lack of war and conflict, that was just a tiny piece of it. And we look at the whole idea of peace as just uh, everything just the way we want it. But that isn't how it goes. Sometimes I find peace when God is raging a war inside of my head. Sometimes I find peace in the midst of trials when things are going wrong all around me. I find a peace that I can't really explain to you. And I can't really tell you how it comes. I can only say that it's the Holy Spirit of God, alive and active. It's the Prince of Peace, working. Now I wish I lived in that peace, but I'm in and out of it all the time. Sometimes in, sometimes out, sometimes struggling. You ever lay awake at night? This is my, my thing the last few years. About 329 or so. See? You guys are laughing, I know. Because you know exactly what I'm going to say. About 329, my eyes open. House is quiet. No calamity around me. And the wheels start turning. And the wheels start turning. Going to have to fix that transmission on the kid's car. That's coming up. What am I going to get everybody for Christmas this year? I can't leave anybody out. Hope everybody's satisfied. Uh, we got a lot going on at church right now. Wow, I hope it doesn't snow and ruin any of our plans. <laughs> the wheels start turning. And that's the time when I should be surrendering that over to God in prayer, our communication with him. But sometimes I find myself reaching for that square device that sits on my nightstand and reading a book online. Christmas shopping on Amazon. You can do that at 3.29 in the morning and no one will ever know it. There's no timestamp on that for the gift. The gift comes, they just, oh, you thought about me. You didn't realize that you just did it 26 hours before it arrived. <laughs> Harper Collins states that, Bible Dictionary, it states that shalom includes peace, but also wholeness and well-being. Shalom is the ideal for our individual lives and for that of God's creation. It's life after creation, before it was broken by sin. So God wants that shalom to be that shalom that was in the garden, that peace that was there before it got broken by our sin. He wants to bring us back to that place. And so the 700 years before and all of time before that, they were waiting for that peace to return. They were waiting and waiting and waiting for that peace to return. They were talking about it. Isaiah was talking about it. 
Don't give up hope. Our God is for us. Our God is with us. Peace will come. And sure enough, it did. Shalom will come. I can only imagine what it was like. Have you ever thought about this? What was Eden like before sin? See, I'm so fouled up by everything that I've been immersed in in this culture and the world that I live in. I don't even know if I could really ever come up with that concept anyway. It's a holy concept, so obviously not. But that whole idea of what it was like in Eden, when the world was right, when my body wasn't falling apart, when I wasn't worried about transmissions or Christmas shopping or any of those things, what would it be like to be in that place where I was in communion with my God? He was present. He was there all around. And the world was right as it should be. You know, I remember um, when I was a kid, they told me, uh, they told our whole family that our mom was going to die soon. Super hard to take, right? And all I can remember that whole time was, how do we hold on to her? How do we hold on to her? God, don't take her. God, don't take her. I kept praying that prayer. God, don't take her. Then I started praying, God, heal her, heal her, heal her. Well, she passed away. And I was an angry young man for a long time. Because I couldn't figure out why God didn't answer my prayers. But see, I was also a young man when I was angry. And as I've grown into a little bit older, man, my wife will argue that, whether I have or not. Love her. But as I got older, I started to realize God answered my prayer. He healed her. He healed her completely. Have you ever thought about that? Why do we want to hang on so tight here? God healed her. Shalom came to my mom. Her cancer-ridden body was not a 66-pound woman laying in a hospital bed. She was running free. Shalom with God. Healed. All through the pages of the Old Testament, God unfolds his plan for reestablishing his shalom on earth. Through the line of Abraham, God tells his people that they will be, that they'll bless all humanity. He made a covenant of peace with them in Ezekiel 34, 24, and 25. He promised to restore all things by sending a savior. This promised Messiah would be called, here we go again, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Of the greatness of his government, and peace, there will be no end. How many of you are a little amped up right now about the political climate in America? See, we don't talk about that in church. People will be very angry with you. Well, really, we should talk about it in church in a different kind of a way, though. If you're amped up about the government, remember whose shoulders the government is on. Who controls kings? Who puts leaders in place? Our God. And here comes the Prince of Peace. And the world is on his shoulders. The government is on his shoulders. And he's going to establish a kingdom. And it's never going to end. Doesn't that get you excited? That gets me excited. He's going to establish a kingdom. And it's not going to end. Can't be shaken. If this baby boy born in a manger is the way to Shalom... 
Would you agree that the, that the Christ child is our way to shalom? Would you agree with me? This is a trick question. Here it comes. Are you ready? You agree with me? Yes, I agree too, just so you know. <laughs> but if this baby in the manger is the way to shalom, then I, this is the question I ask myself. Why do I, who knows this to be true and believes it with all that I have, why do we, who know this to be true and believe this, why do we get so easily distracted from communicating it? We lose focus sometimes. We get on the treadmill. You don't even know, you know, most people's treadmills in the garage, they use it for hanging clothes and other items on. Well, I think we're on a treadmill and we don't even know it. You don't need to buy one. You just need to get wrapped up in culture and you'll be on the treadmill. You'll be on the treadmill every day. We lose focus when we get on that treadmill. We get caught up in the things that Jesus came to give us peace from. We get caught up in the things that Jesus came to save us from. We worry about family, jobs, politics, terrorists, the educational system, and diseases that we can't even pronounce. When this baby boy came to bring us peace from all of that. Do you know what worry is? Worry is when we visualize an event in the future. We think about what's going to happen in the future. Events that we have no control over and we have no control over the future. And we assume it's all going to turn out badly. That's what worry is. We look to the future and go, oh no, that's going to be horrible. This world is going to fall apart. That's not what the Prince of Peace wants us to be, where he wants us to be. We have to think, where is the Prince of Peace and all of his promises when we have that type of thinking, when we're locked in the cyclical political thinking, where we say the world's going down the tube. Well, guess what? Who's in charge of it all? If you're tired of laying awake at night trying to decide an election in your head, Lay awake at night and think about the Prince of Peace who rules and reigns over this world. Think about the one who gave it all for you and I. The one who stepped down from heaven and came to earth to say, hey, this is who I am. And this is who you can be with me. There's an article from Boston University. It's titled, are you ready? Coping with Socio-Political Stress. I read this article, and the writer gives a number of methods for finding personal peace when we're stressed out. Here's what he says. Limit your intake of news and social media. Cut it off. Quit looking at Facebook and feeling bad about yourself. Maintain your routine. Engage in healthy activities. Sounds good. Move your body. Engage in healthy communication and seek community. Acknowledge your feelings. You guys, I'm old school. I don't necessarily want to have everybody acknowledge their feelings around me all the time. And and I don't necessarily want to acknowledge mine. I think some things are, are left better unsaid. And I think there's a time when you toughen up a little bit. I think there's a time... When we're not so myopically selfish that it's all about our feelings, that we begin to think of the feelings of the collective. 
and what our impact is on those things. It says connect self and community. So here we have it. Um, watch out for social media. Keep engaged in healthy life. Practice relaxation. Move your body. Engage in healthy communication. Acknowledge feelings and connect yourself to the community. Those are all super great but they're lacking one thing, the very basis of shalom itself, a relationship and peace with God himself through Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, the rest of those things aren't going to matter. The rest of those things aren't going to matter. You have the God-shaped hole. We've talked about Pascal. The God-shaped hole, it's only filled by him. Nothing else will fill it. Nothing we can do will fill it. And the Prince of Peace is calling out, let me fill it, let me fill it. And we keep fighting, fighting, fighting all the time. C.S. Lewis, he says something that's so profound. He says this, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from, his, apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. So whatever you're looking for peace in, whatever I'm looking for peace in, if it is not God-centric, if it is not all about him, and I'm looking for that peace there, it's gonna be a temporary peace that doesn't last. I'm gonna be disappointed and more beat up when I finished than when I started. And while the biblical concept of shalom, it, it includes all this type of peace that we're talking about. It includes, you know, a, a well body and, and feelings and connecting. It includes all of that. But that's only part of it. God's original plan is shalom. It's for our individual lives. It's for all creation. It's a return to creation before it was broken. The Prince of Peace, Jesus, he stepped down, as I said. He stepped down from heaven to bring peace to anybody who would freely accept it. So I've got to say it. You can't aim the arrow and 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 never let it fly. Do you know the Prince of Peace. Do you? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are we too heady for that? Are we too smart for that? I don't know. What keeps people from knowing or keeps people from asking? But I want to say today, I don't want to come here and aim an arrow at you and never let it fly. And the arrow is this. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know the Prince of Peace? Because he is here. And he's available. He is a prayer away from you right now. He's a confession with your mouth away right now. The Prince of Peace waiting to get in and start working. If you want peace with God, pray and confess your sin. Ask the Prince of Peace, Jesus, to rule and reign in your life right now. Because he will. Close your eyes with me for a moment. Wherever you're at, whoever you are, if you're watching us online or you're sitting here present with us today, if you want the peace of God, if you want the Prince of Peace, call out to him right now. Invite him in as Lord and Savior. That's why he came. Those of us who know Christ, we're the sons and daughters of the living God.
We're the sons and daughters of the living God. If you're struggling with shalom right now, remember who you are in Christ. Come back to it. If you're struggling with peace, remember who you are in Christ. And as we go out and seek shalom, peace, let's spread that as we go. Let's speak the name of Jesus because we're not ashamed of the gospel. We'll speak the name of Jesus Christ as people will. So I want to finish with these words from Isaiah. Isaiah 26.3. It's up on, the, up on the screens right now. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Shalom. Shalom.